Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, let's talk a a little Ute football, shall we? Uh, Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Want to remind you, transform your vehicle into a smart, connected car with the Sprint Drive. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Joining us now, he writes now for The Athletic. He is uh, Chris Camrani with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hi, Chris. Congratulations on the new gig. Hey, guys. Thank you. Happy Monday to you both. Yeah, right back at you, Chris. Uh, talk to us about uh, kind of the, the transition you're going from your role there at the Trib to uh, covering youth football. Yeah, so uh, my new gig is uh, I'm now at The Athletic covering Utah football and going to be um, hopefully doing kind of what I was doing at the Tribune in the offseason is, you know, prioritizing Utah football, but also kind of searching out those uh, random sports features that I was doing uh, at the Tribune the last few years. Um, It was tough to leave the Trib. Uh, Like I've told a lot of people, I had kind of the most perfect job in Utah sports media, in my opinion, Uh, and it's going to be hard to ditch the Olympics, but um, the athletic has always been something that's been really uh, appealing to me, and I mean, I'm going to keep going back to this line, but when they call, you got to listen. So um, I'm, I'm excited to get going. It's going to be a pretty big change, um, but luckily for me, I'm familiar with the place and the state and the team. Um, you know, I'm just sitting in my hammock in my backyard in Sugar House right now, so life's pretty good. So, Chris. Before we get into the Utah stuff, uh, share with our listeners what it's like to do the things that you are doing. Because going in cold to interview either an individual or to dive into an issue of some sort, you've got to do your homework beforehand. You've got to research and talk to a bunch of people. It's not just like sitting down and uh, sipping on a lemonade and uh, talking to one person. And a lot of people don't know what goes into it. Can you uh, go through that? Sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, good or not for me, Gordon, I think I was just kind of left to my own uh, volition for a while in terms of just finding stories that I found interesting. And luckily enough at the Tribune, I had some great bosses that allowed me to do so. Um, So I just scanned um, everything in the state. I scanned Utah Jazz, Utah football, BYU, high school sports, Olympic sports, anything that sounded interesting to me. And I was always trying to use sports as kind of a mechanism to uh, humanize a story. And I know everybody wants to see the touchdowns and the dunks. But for me, I, I was always more interested in who these people were, how they got to this point or maybe a specific trial in their life that they'd gone through um, to get to their you know respective points. So, um, it, it was always just trying to find a uh, little different um, angles, different stories, and sometimes they're a little more difficult to pitch. Uh, I mean, last year I, I did the, the takeout on Kyle Whittingham and, and lucky enough was able to sit down with Kyle to talk to him about, you know, what he expects from with retirement and why he goes to Hawaii every year for two weeks with his entire family to kind of unwind and prepare for each season. And that's, kind of the beauty of what my old job was but hopefully what my new job will be as well is is you know everybody's going to want to know about the important things from week to week on the zach mosses the tyler hunt leaves the lecky photos but i'm i'm also just fascinated in getting to know these people 
um, you know, when their helmets are off and when they're maybe not on the practice field and just trying to explain to readers, um, you know, how they got to this point, what their aspirations are um, kind of beyond the, the standard media scrum. So the fingers crossed, that's kind of what I hope uh, this new gig will be able to present for me. On kind of a, a similar note, Chris, I know the athletic uh, tends to kind of give their riders a, a little bit more freedom. Are you going to approach this new assignment more like a say like a beat reporter, or is it going to is it going to have opinion mixed in like a columnist? How are you kind of approaching this thing? Yeah, so that's a good question. It's going to be a little bit of both. Um, obviously, I I no longer have to worry about the confines of print deadlines and. Being at uh, 8.30 ESPN Kicks on the West Coast, I'm going to be that one guy or a couple guys in the press box that don't have to worry about that. So I'll feel a little bit like a jerk because I'm not stressing out like I used to, but at the same time, it's going to give me the opportunity to um, write stories differently and and pursue things differently as opposed to um, the traditional nuts and bolts of, of what we were all taught coming up, writing gamers and whatnot. It's going to allow me to... Um, I mean, I don't know if, if there's something interesting. I mean, I, I think of my new colleague, uh, Tashawn Reed, who covers Florida state last year when they had their worst loss home loss in history to Clemson. He didn't write about that. He went and found the guy at the top of the stairs with a shirt off reading a book that went viral on ESPN. And he ended up being a, a professor at FSU. That's the, those are the kind of things that I'm going to be attempting to do this first year on the beat while still, um, doing my best to feed uh, the people what they want from, uh, you know, the day-to-day basis. It's going to be a a difficult balance, I think, because sometimes you're going to have to prioritize what you think people want to read more than the other. Uh, Luckily for my old job, I think I have a pretty good handle on, uh, on that. So from all the interviews you've done and the stories that you've done through the years, do uh, any of them stand out as being particularly uh, memorable for you? Ooh, Gordon, man. Um, there've, there've, obviously, there have been a lot. Um, you know what? I, I always find this funny, and, and Gordon, you know this more than anybody. It's when you're when you're profiling somebody or writing a story on someone, usually your best interviews regard, in that story aren't with the main subject. They're around with people that are close to them, family members, friends, people that help them get to that spot. Um, I mean, I'll go back to the story, but last year, the, the Kyle story, it was fascinating because obviously Kyle opened up to me, but luckily I was able to talk to his siblings, his wife, his kids, and, and those getting those kind of comments from those people were awesome because you never really get that, and it wasn't like Kyle being mad about a third down stop. It was like, this is Kyle wanting to go in the mountains and wanting to hit 60 mile an hour on his uh, app on his phone while he's skiing down uh, his favorite run. Mm-hmm. The Donovan Mitchell thing last year was really fascinating in that I had heard he was a different kid. And, you know, sometimes you just hear that. Um, I sat down with Donovan for like half an hour, and it was one of those things where, like, you know, you're kind of blown away from this kid's maturity. And it, it was it was as advertised. Um, <sighs> a lot of great Olympic stuff. I mean, uh, the Nathan Chen phenomenon during the, uh, the Pyeongchang Olympics was really cool. Um, we, we kind of hitched our wagon to Nathan because he was a local kid and figure skating is the Winter Olympics. Um, and, and just being able to follow his path and, and his family's path and just him dealing with the rigors of, of, of pressure and being in this 18-year-old kid under the spotlight and being NBC's media darling, it was uh, fascinating to follow his his uh you know trek over there but you know what i mean 
my mind's just racing now and I'm rambling, so I apologize. But there, you know, there were some great prep stories I wrote back in the day. Um, one of my favorite stories I ever did was um, after Gino Morgan, the Wasatch Academy high school coach, passed away. He led Wasatch Academy to a bunch of state titles. And I got to go down to Mount Pleasant and spend a couple of days there and just hang out with the team and, you know, talk to them about how they bounced back. Um, so I'm, I'm going back in the time machine a little bit. But, yeah, there, there, there have been too many to count. But those are some of the some of my favorites off the top of my head. Chris Camrani with us from The Athletic, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, now let's talk a little Utes with you. What do you think about the hype going into this season? Uh, is this Utah squad being overhyped, or do you think it's uh, deserved at this point? I mean, it's tough to say. They have so many returning players that I think you can say it's warranted, and the Pac-12 South is just so down across the board outside of Utah. Um, I mean, anytime time a team returns a senior running back, senior quarterback, a defensive line like that, a secondary like that, uh, I mean, it's fair to say that they're going to be really good, and I think they are going to be really good. But um, I, as always, especially in football, it's going to come back to if these guys can stay healthy. And as we saw last year, uh, you know, Tyler Huntley had another injury-riddled season. He wasn't able to finish the year. Zach Moss wasn't able to finish the year despite a great start to the year. So it's like they have all the makings to challenge for the Pac-12 title. They can challenge Washington or Oregon if they're healthy. But, you know, they, they have depth, I think, at key positions where they haven't in the past, especially at running back. You know, now I think they're three or four deep. Uh, but, you know, we're going to have to see a lot of things get sorted out in fall camp. We're going to all be talking about the offensive line. We're going to be talking about the linebacking core. And the one thing that I'm, that I'm going to keep going back to, and people might not you know, think it's important, but I remember a couple of years I was sent up there to do uh, a sidebar on the, on the kicking competition, and it was Matt Gay and Shaden Johnson. After one day I was like, yeah, Matt Gay is going to win this job easily. And now that Matt's gone after he you know, had a couple of great years, that's going to be a really key uh, you know, facet for them because Kyle Whittingham is a special teams dude. They've always had good kickers, and they're going to have to find a guy that can win them some games, at least make some kicks. Chris, do you, the Utes have been good in the past. Is there? Do you think there's a mental component to winning a conference championship? Is that something that has to be sort of a trail that needs to be blazed and it's more difficult than just having the physical talent? Probably. Uh, but I think, I think the luxury for these guys is they can look at what happened last year and they were just literally down their three best offensive players and they were within striking distance against Washington. They just couldn't get over the, the finish line. I mean, they, they, were, they were trotting out a freshman kid against one of the better defenses in the country and they just they were, they were there. I mean, they, they, it's not like they got outplayed in the Pac-12 championship game. They were there and they were down their, you know, their three best offensive players. So and I, and I think I, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's the game where Washington scored that weird pick six where it like bounced off Mariners legs or something. I think that's what that game, that's kind of how that game was, was sorted out. So I think the fact that they have the luxury of looking back and saying we were right there, I think that helps for them going into this season. Uh, but again, can these guys stay healthy and can they avoid those slip up games? I mean, every once in a while, I think Utah's really close to, um, you know, bursting down the door and, and, and being comfortable in first place in the Pac-12 South. And every once in a while, they run into a, a hiccup game on the road. And that's just kind of par for the course in college football. But if you have this much talent coming back, if you have this many veterans coming back, you would think that Utah should definitely take care of all the games they're supposed to win. But then we're going to, you know, circle the, those those big games at SC, and that's always a tough game. And 
uh, I think that game in Washington on November 2nd is going to be the one that really uh, defines their season. Chris, uh, Camerani with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah likely uh, the favorite in the Pac-12 South. I think we'll see that when the preseason media poll comes out at uh, at Media Day next week. But who's going to be the biggest threat to the Utes in the South, do you think? I would just, I'd probably say SC. I mean, it's, it's, they just always have talent. And I know they've, they've had a kind of a drama field last few seasons down there, but, um, you know, they have JT Daniels coming back. He didn't have a great year last year, but there's a reason why that kid was five stars coming out of high school. And they just, they always have talent in the backfield. They always have a, a million great, great wide receivers. Um, Arizona State, maybe. I mean, you know, Benjamin's a really good running back. They're going to have to replace, Andy Wilkins and Nikhil Harry, and that's going to be a tough task for them. But I, I think just for me, it's got to be USC, um, maybe Colorado. But, yeah, for me, it's it's going to be SC. I don't know if Khalil Tate will be able to stay healthy for a whole year, and we don't know what the, you know, if he's going to be able to recapture the magic that he had a couple of years ago. You mentioned the health of Tyler Huntley. What kind of quarterback uh, does he need to be this year, Chris, in order for the Utes to fulfill their potential with Andy Ludwig? I mean, I think he just needs to be the guy that he was last year before he got hurt. I mean, looking back at it, I think he led the conference in uh, completion percentage, or he was close to being up there. I think he had like something like 70% of his passes were completed, and um, I think he had a really low turnover rate. so it's, yeah, it's going to be a different offense. I would imagine that Andy's obviously going to, you know, revolve it around Zach Moss, who wouldn't. Um, but for me, it's it, Tyler has a lot of the same guys back in terms of wide receivers. It's not like he has to break anybody new in. Um, we'll see how Britton Covey's healed after the ACL and the broken wrist. That's going to be a pretty big thing this fall. And then, I mean, we say this every fall, but Utah's going to have to have a guy, you know, kind of have a breakout season on the outside. Can Solomon Enos be that guy? Uh, Damari Simpkins, can he be that guy? Um, there's plenty of other players. Jalen Dixon, he proved to be a deep threat last year. But for me, Tyler has all, has all the makings of, of being that guy again. It's just a matter of staying healthy and, and being efficient with the ball. So Chris is uh, laying in his hammock in the backyard right now, <laughs> probably with a cold beverage in his hand. Check back with us uh, along about December when the Utes have qualified for the Rose Bowl and you're writing 14 stories a, a week, right? <laughs> but that means we get to go to Pasadena. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll take it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's a beautiful <laughs> place. My wife is from there. I lived there for a decade. It's, uh, if, if I had one wish for Ute fans, it would be that they would be able to experience that. It is fantastic. Yeah, and it's uh, it's maybe hopefully getting out of the inversion that time of year. <laughs> kind of past the you're past the like madness of Christmas, and um, you know you probably have to spend New Year's Eve in Pasadena. But you know there are worse places to spend New Year's Eve. I'm not a big New Year's Eve guy myself. I don't know about you guys. I'm usually like in bed by ten thirty. But yeah, I mean that that would be uh, that would be pretty cool, especially for you know the first year having the athletic here. It's it would be uh, pretty special. I agree. Don't uh, don't miss the parade. 
We're oh, yeah, I'll just are, record it on my DVR in case uh, I do. Are you guys going to let me get away with that? Because you usually <laughs> kill me when I sing the praises of the Rose Parade. Yeah, I would miss the parade. If I were Chris, I'd miss that one and not DVR. Yeah, but think about think. the Utes marching band uh, marching down Colorado Boulevard, you know, the cheer squad out there, all millions. you got over a million people lined up along the road route. Huh? It's for you, Gordon. Enjoy it. All Go right. for it, buddy. Never mind. Uh, Chris, hey, we're super excited for you. Excited the Athletic is is moving into local college football coverage. I think that's terrific. I would encourage all the folks out there to subscribe because uh, we're anticipating some big things coming from you down the line, Chris. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, just a shameless plug. It's 40% off today because we launched our new uh, – college football expansion so if anybody else is interested in checking it out free trial 40 percent off uh this is who i am now and i'm not ashamed of it guys so i appreciate you having me on just keep tony jones in line over there (laughs) please you you can't you can't provide me with an impossible task like that (laughs) yeah that is that would that would require some uh Thanos level, some Avengers level stuff, and I don't have those kind of capabilities. Uh, yeah. so. Okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. You're the man. All right, take care, guys. Chris Camrani of The Athletic now as they uh, launch into uh, local college football and 40% off today. So uh, uh, subscribe. Chris is going to do some really great work for them. There is no doubt in my mind that Chris will absolutely shine over there for those guys. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, we'll have more for you. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Yeah, you think you seen trouble Well, you're looking at the man Oh, the world's own original Hard love story And a hard time lose a man Oh, sometimes skies are cloudy And sometimes skies are blue yeah, sometimes I say that you eat the bear, but sometimes the bear eats you. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I should go. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. want to remind you to join us tomorrow at Homie, 10355 South Jordan Gateway in South Jordan. Going to be hanging out with uh, Johnny and the gang down there at Homie. Very much looking forward to that. Also, uh, want to remind you about uh, to join Scotty and Hans coming up on Thursday from noon to 3 at My Hearing Center in Sandy, 8941 South, 700 East, Suite 204. Go hang out with those guys. So, got a question for you, Jake. All right. We talked earlier about BYU's stadium improvements that uh, supposedly are right on target and will be ready for the big season opener, BYU playing host to the Utes. Um, if you had... A game to watch. I'm not talking about a specific game, but a game to watch and a place to watch it amongst the stadiums and the arenas in Utah. Which one are you picking? And where are you sitting? Uh, Does Utah State have a good basketball team at the time? Because my answer would be the spectrum. All All those things are equal. I'm, I'm well, because them all equal. When Utah State is good, the environment up at the spectrum is second to none, in my opinion. My my number one would be Vivint Arena for a Jazz playoff game. But I pretty said, good. I said all that was equal, right? But but important game, a big game. If it's playoff game, it's here. See, I'm, I'm actually kind of uh, rethinking my answer a little bit, not because I, I, I love going to games at the Spectrum. I love it. It's, it's super fun. But 
back in the three o'clock hour, I was talking about how important the building was and mm-hmm. uh, the comforts and the spectrum doesn't really is a little short on that. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm a hypocrite, Gordon. But I, I do like watching basketball games at the Spectrum. And that the fact that it's got that flat roof that just keeps all the sound down. And they do all the chants and the songs and all that. That's all fun. But, you're, I mean, you're right. Vivint Smart Home Arena, especially now that it's been renovated in a big game where the atmosphere is pretty electric, I mean, that's pretty tough to beat. But well, I, I, I'm presuming that the, that the atmosphere is electric everywhere uh, for a big game. But this is that would be my preference here because the import of the game itself. Now you can make the argument that college football games, uh, you know, those big games are really, really important for the programs around here, especially in a year like this one coming up for the Utes. Uh, that's going to be pretty cool. And you know, football if it's a if it's a sun a Saturday afternoon game and you're sitting back and it's uh, 55 degrees and sunny. That's a pretty nice environment. Pretty good. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's there's a lot to like about that. There are reasons to go to the game instead of sitting in your TV den, you know, uh, running to the fridge uh, between uh, TV timeouts and whatnot. You, honestly, you asked this question. We're pretty fortunate. We have some, some very impressive environments to watch uh, sporting events around here, and they're all a little bit different. I mean, well, I love going to Lavelle Edwards Stadium to watch games. I, I think up at Rice Eccles is is they've really become one of the more intimidating environment environments in the Pac-12. Um, I think Utah State now that they've uh, got a little wind in their sails as a football program and they've done some improvements uh, up there to that stadium. I think that's a really fun environment to watch a game. You and I did a show once up there at Stewart Stadium, and that looked pretty fun too. If you've yep. ever been there for a football game, but I. Once the, when they fill in Rice Eccles, that's going to be cool. I mean, I know that building isn't the biggest building around, but it it's going to look nice. It's going to look symmetrical. It's going to it's, it's certainly a pleasant place to watch a game. However, you know, I've never sat in the stands just as a fan, so I I'm guessing by what I see. Well, maybe this is something uh, you should do for a column, Gordon. Maybe you should uh, go as a fan in the stands to all these different environments and uh, and write about it. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, see? That sounds like something Craig Thorpe would do. Teamwork. But, um, <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? No, he likes doing that kind of thing. And I've done it before at different places. Uh, but uh, th- that setting down there in Provo, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, that with those mountains – that's uh, that's a spectacular. I remember Keith Jackson. Oh, Nelly. He said that uh, that stadium is was one of his top ten. I think of anywhere in the country. Hmm. Interesting. But you're right. Terrific. I mean, the Huntsman Center, the Marriott Center, the Spectrum, like you were talking about. That was a pretty uh, pretty nice. I, I think they sometimes build the seats a little too close together. I'm I'm still just trying to wrap my mind around that. That sounds like something Cragthorpe would do. He likes being creative. But that sounds like something that's. I mean, what if you had an idea and I said, Ah, no, that sounds like something Austin would do. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't sound all that uplifting. That sounds like you're like insulting me and Kurt. No, not at all. I like that kind of stuff. I do. I wrote a. I wrote a. It's not the worst idea. I think I wrote a story once about. What's the best seat in the house? Around here? Yeah. And what was your conclusion? I can't remember. 
Well, how how did you it was do like that? Twenty five years ago. How did you do that know. when you haven't watched a, a game as a fan around here? I was asking other people. Oh, okay. I remember talking to. I think it was. Uh, I don't know. It was Kevin O'Connor or, or maybe Scotty Layden about where the best seat in the house was here at the old Delta Center. And different people have different opinions about the best place to sit. Uh, whoever it was I was talking to said they liked about row 10. So you're not down all the way at the floor level, but elevated just a little bit. But uh, about, if not mid-court, right in that range. Oh, okay. I like concerts. I like being on the side of the stage just up a tad bit. I don't want to be down on the floor because I don't want to stand the whole time. So I like I like being just off center, <laughs> you know, uh, about five rows up. That sounds perfect to me. Okay. You agree? Uh, no, I don't you mind. You want to be down in the mosque. I don't bit, mind right? standing up for a concert if it's something I'm really into. Of course not. Uh, how, are, how are you supposed to jam when you're in your seat? You can stand up and jam if you want. You know, you ever been to a concert that where you didn't want to stand up, and sure enough, the two people in front of you are standing the whole time. No, because I'm at a concert. I expect to stand up. You do? Yes. You expect to stand the whole concert. I certainly don't I, mind. I, it. I, I, if people want to stand up, I get that. That's okay. It's just I'm not. I'm not that guy that's saying, "Hey, sit out down in front." I'm just saying that that's not my preference. Well, okay, so if you go to the, to see the uh, Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square or whatever they're called now, okay, I got it. You you probably want to sit for the majority of that show. But if you're going to watch, I don't know, like Quiet Riot or something, like what? Excuse me. Remain seated, please. I'm trying to sit and watch the show. You go see the, the Utah Symphony, you know, you probably want to sit down for most of it. But Oh, you mean they don't stand But if you're feeling the, the noise, boys down in front, please. Woohoo! Come on! I'm trying, trying to enjoy the show, all right? Trying to sit here in my seat that I purchased and enjoy the show. Can you please sit down? What is this, a rock concert? <laughs> I bought this seat. Now I don't want to look at your butt the whole concert. I'd go to a Quiet Riot show today if I could. Would you? Heck yeah. You like those old uh, sort of, uh, is that a hair band? Yeah. A a power. Yeah, see here. Okay, you go go see something like this. Yeah, you probably want to sit down. Oh, no. This song, you stand up. That's the whole idea. No, you do stand up with that (laughs) song, don't you? Hallelujah chorus, whatever. Yeah, you stand up. That's what the king did, right? Going to a concert, I don't want to be on the floor because I don't want to stand up the whole time. Come on, come on, come on, get out of my way. Excuse me, I'm trying to watch the show. Reverence, please. Jeez, sit down. I bought a seat because I want a seat because I want to sit. You're not gonna sit during this song, man. No way. You're not sitting. I mean, I remember uh, my wife and PK and his wife dragged me to some country concert around here somewhere where there are no seats. You stand the whole time. And and I did all right. I did better than I thought. I think, I think PK's knees started to hurt him after a while. You know? but I, I prefer, don't you? Wouldn't you prefer to have the choice? No, nah, not really. You ever seen Celine Dion in concert? 
You know, she did that long-running thing down in Vegas. Never saw it. Me neither. I'm trying to think, of, okay, so where do you draw the line? Which concerts are okay to sit the whole time, and which ones do you want to be standing? Is it just a heavy metal, kind of hard rock, kind of hair band no. type of environment? No, it's all You're going to stand at any concert at any time other than the Utah Symphony? Most concerts, yes. I'm going to I'm gonna stand most of the time, yes. I guess I, uh, I saw... Bob Dylan at the Eccles Theater uh, last and, year. And were people standing and uh, dancing the whole time? More people, I, I would say, it. were He's singing ballads. More the... people were sitting, but I've seen Bob Dylan at Salt Air, and everybody stood the whole time. Well, that's because you have to out there, don't you? Uh, yeah, for the most part, you pretty much do. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I, I've seen him at Deer... sit down on the floor? I've seen him at Deer Valley where we stood the whole time. I've seen him at Deer Valley twice where we stood the whole time. Does Deer Valley have seats? Uh, um, no, you sit on the you like sit on the grass. Okay. If you if you sit, what's the last concert you went to that you stood the whole time when you had the option of sitting? Uh, Pink right here at the arena. How long ago was that? That was last year. And you never sat down a single time. Uh, no, we stood pretty pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Wow. All right. Uh, we went to the Jimmy Buffett concert here in the arena, and we sat for oh, you, parts of it. Yeah, yeah, you sat for a lot of it, because uh, that, that's a more comfortable crowd. Uh, I've seen Jimmy Buffett in Vegas where we didn't sit down once. Get out of town. What am I getting the honks for? I've seen Bob Dylan twice. I've seen Jimmy Buffett in Vegas. I saw Jimmy Buffett in Vegas, too. I've seen Bob Dylan six times, actually. And I've seen... How many times have I seen Jimmy? Four or five? What percentage of our listeners do you think want to stand for the entire concert? Like, like seven, eight percent. I get, I get. Want to stand for the entire concert? I, yeah, I get. Stand, no, no, no. It's higher than that. It's got to be like I get eighty. Standing here and there, you know, for a rousing song, and then you settle back into your seat, you know, to put your arm around your loved one and sit there and enjoy a little bit, be mellow, and then they're rocking again. You get back up. Nothing wrong with that. But standing the whole time, even for, uh, uh, that's, uh, I guess I'm getting old or something. I, I don't know. I'm not, hey, no judgment. Do you stand, you do would you, you stand but, for an entire football game? Uh, no. Although, I know, that I've seen people that do, yeah. That would be aggravating, I think. The whole game? I want to see you two stand for the whole show. Could you do it? Could you stand for the well, whole show? Yeah, we could. Let's see. You mean during a break we can't go sit down? Yeah, yeah. We the whole can't? show. No, you cannot. You mean okay for the whole the whole show? No, all four hours. Well, yeah, we could, obviously, but why why on earth would we do that? I don't that? think you could. We'd get tired after a while. Do you have to stand no, we would not. all the time? Do I have to stand? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm making the rule. I'm Johnny Law. You don't think you could do the show standing the whole time? No, I'm sure I could. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you could too. Why are you saying the, the whole sound, show? This sounds like Tony's hot dogs promise. Oh. It's never going to happen. <laughs> All right, we want to remind you of our friends at the Ute Conference Football as they introduce their new flag football league. Boys and girls ages 5 to 7 learn to play, love the game, have a great experience. Come play flag football. Sign up today at UteConferenceFootball.org. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This 
is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. I heard tale over the weekend that someone used you as an example in their Sunday school class. Uh-oh. Could be bad. Just knowing that, do you think they used you as an example of what to do or what not to do? Because I assumed when they said that, I yeah. thought, oh man, what lesson were they talking about and what did Tony do wrong? Whatever it was, it was, don't be this guy. See, we've got uh, so many examples. That's why <laughs> I jumped to the conclusion that they were saying, this is an example of what not to do, what not to be. But I will tell you, they actually said they used you as an example in how to forgive really quickly. Oh. Lesson learned, people see you differently than I know you actually to be. <laughs> Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey. Big Show 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be color 12 right now. 855-340-ZONA. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50. And you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. It is time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCar.com. All right, Gordon, where are we headed today, sir? I got two, two for the price of one today. The first one is this. Dogs are pretty cool. They're pretty cool. Okay. And why are they cool? Because they're, they're so darn loyal, some of them. There's a story out of Greece that a dog there has been waiting at a certain location for his owner to return. And he just stands there all day long. Somebody has erected a uh, doghouse-like thing for him to remain there. That is where his owner, 18 months ago, was killed in an auto accident. That's just so sad. It is sad. It is sad, but the dog is still there. Now, I don't know how he knows that's where that happened, unless he was in the car. I don't know. I think uh, the the owner's car, a fellow by the name of Harris, got hit by a cement mixer or something. And so the dog just stays there. What do you mean, or something? What? Did it get hit by a cement mixer or what? He, the owner did, yeah. But why did you say or something? I don't know. I don't know all the details, but uh, I just saw that and I thought, wow. Now that's loyalty. Is somebody feeding this dog? Somebody must be. Yeah. But he doesn't go back. It's like a few miles from his home where he used to live. But anyway, all right. Well, that's thanks kinda, for that. Now I'm super sad. <laughs> well, don't be. Well, yeah, it'd be sad. But the dog's loyalty is admirable. The second story is, you know, we've all been wondering who the new James Bond is going to be. Mm-hmm. And some people uh, wondered if it would be uh, somebody outside the box a little bit. And uh, some people thought it might be, what's the guy's name that we like so much, Idris Elba? Yeah. 
from The Wire? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some people thought he would be a terrific choice. Well, it turns out not only is the new James Bond African-American, but is also a she. Hmm. Who is the actress? The actress is Lashana Lynch, who was uh, Maria Rambo in the Captain Marvel movie. Did you see that? No, I did not. Did you see that, Austin? That was a good movie. I like, oh, yeah, I like yeah, that. yeah. Captain Marvel? Yeah. Amazing movie, yeah. Mar- Maria Rambo. That's uh, who the new... Well, she's not going to go by the name James Bond, but she is going by, they say, uh, the 007. Hmm. So James Bond has been replaced not just by uh, an African-American person, but a an African-American woman. But, but has James Bond been replaced like you were just saying? No, 007 will be filled by a woman now. Right, yeah. And the agent 007 is not specific to James Bond, correct? Yeah. Correct. It's just agent 007. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she will be 007 in the upcoming movie, which is shooting now in uh, Italy and in Great Britain. Well, doesn't Daniel Craig have one more James Bond to come out? He's making it currently, yeah. So they have two James Bonds? In production simultaneously? I, I just think this is an interesting kind of change for the whole franchise, you know? Uh, apparently, the what was the last movie called? Spectre? It didn't do so well at it the box office. It wasn't a particularly good movie. But and, and the one before that where they just played poker for three hours was awful. Oh, what, the, the Casino oh, the Royale? Oh, that was good. I thought that was terrific. Oh, I liked it, yeah. I did, too. Okay. And what was the one where the... Uh, was am I getting them mixed up? Uh, didn't they also do one where he was at that uh, estate over there in the in the UK? What's that place called? Oh, that that was Spectre. That's that was Spectre. That was Spectre. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I like Daniel Craig as uh, as James. Oh, Bond. I think Daniel Craig's been great. Yeah, I do too. Added a very physical component to the character, but now 007 will be a woman. Lashana Lynch is right. playing it. So. And these uh, these times things uh, are changing a little bit. By the way, anytime they change characters, whether it's 007 or whoever it is, seems like everyone complains. Everyone goes, ah, that will never work. And then people usually end up. What do you mean, like what? Like when Daniel Craig was named as James Bond, the character, people freaked out about it. They did not, did they really? Because the last couple of Pierce Brosnan ones were so bad. (laughs) I think everybody was just excited for a little change of pace, weren't they? there a Timothy Dalton one in there, too? That's going back a ways, I think. After Roger Moore. Certainly pre-Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Because Goldeneye was good, the first Pierce Brosnan one, and then it was really all downhill after that. Did you like uh, who did you who's your favorite 007 of all time? Well, yeah, I mean Connery is pretty yeah, tough to Connery compete Sean with, Connery, right? Yeah. Huh? So, but I think Daniel Craig's been as good as anybody else. Now 007 certainly better is a than woman. Pierce. And something tells me she's going to be, well, for lack of a better term, badass. Oh yeah, I, I I'll keep my mind open. I won't judge till I see the movie. Sure. All right. Are people worked up about it? Uh, I I'm, I'm predicting that they will be. Okay. All right. 
Uh, joining us next, uh, we're going to talk to Sean Salisbury. He does radio down in Houston. We'll ask him about uh, what we can expect from James Harden and Russell Westbrook. It's all straight ahead here on The Big Show. Uh, should we get a winner, Austin? You want to, Should we do this now? Yeah, we'll do it. You know what? We'll do it in the 5 o'clock hour. We're doing our uh, our promotion with You Win a Golf for the uh, British Open, and uh, we'll assign a golfer or two coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, so stay tuned for that. We're still standing, by the way. I'm going to stand the rest of the show. Yeah, you are maybe. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see the one, Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.